What's up, everybody, and welcome to the True Experience Podcast. I'm Trey Banks, user experience professional, walking and talking with you through usability, design thinking, inclusive design, culture, and so much more in the tech space. Let's get to it. On this episode of True Experience, you will hear Trey talking UX culture in large and small companies. And that discussion today is lead designer of Silver Car by Audi, Chris Carter. Chris Carter, what's going on, Chris? How you doing, man? Hey, Trey. Great to be here, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, most definitely, man. I am uh, extremely excited to have you on. Trying to be kind of a beacon of hope for young designers as they get thrown into the, you know, thrown to the wolves in the, in the real profession of UX. Uh, it's really great to have somebody who I know is going to be a realist, tell the God's honest truth. Uh, so it's, it's always great to have you, man. Um, so how, how are you? Uh, how are you at, uh, at Silver Car Audi, man? How's everything going? Yeah, uh, it's going really great. Um, super busy. Uh, we just launched uh, Audi Select, which is their car subscription model by Audi, uh, at the beginning of September. So you can check that out at AudiSelect.com. And uh, yeah, so we just launched that. Uh, I've got quite a few subscribers on the platform now. And um, yeah, I mean, I just couldn't be happier. Uh, we're just uh, trying to grow the platform, understand what our users are needing, and uh, just, you know, making sure we're delivering a fantastic experience every time. Awesome, man. Awesome. That's great, man. I, I, I look at today is a opportunity to really talk about UX culture in general. Awesome. Um, we're talking about large teams, small teams, the whole nine, man, I, like everything right. from, you know, what is a healthy environment for UX design team is, you know, as it, as it grows or as it may be in its early inception period, what that may feel like through time, what's healthy versus unhealthy, especially in 2018 going into 2019, uh, things have evolved a lot. So, so if you could give a synopsis, like what does a healthy UX culture look like uh, from your eyes? What does that look like to you? Right. Uh, I mean, I can explain what it looks like, you know, coming from Home Depot, which is where we were from. And mm-hmm. um, even at, you know, Silver Car by Audi, um, which we have five designers um, on the team that are UI UX designers. And uh, what that really looks like is just open collaboration, um, trying to challenge each other's ideas. Um, we don't try to play doubles advocate all the time because that kind of, um, you know, you, you kind of get tired of working with those people. Um, but if there, there is a definite, uh, if you have a different idea, you know, we definitely bring it to the table. We talk about it and discuss it. And um, we try to back it up with, you know, research and data analytics, that sort of thing. So I think it's definitely important to, you know, listen um, before you speak. And then, you know, if you have an idea, bring it to the table. And just uh, discovery research, even, you know, to, uh, going out and actually talking with real customers and, and just yeah. bringing back to that to the team, even if it's thrown in an, an Excel sheet or you want to just take that and like throw it in a quick PowerPoint, and just kind of go through slide by slide on this was the question that was asked and this was the response. Like, I think it's yeah. super powerful. No doubt, man. No doubt. That's, that's, uh, it's crazy because I know I, one of the things that I've, I've always been, um, I think super endeared to is the fact that when you look at collaboration, it, it doesn't, it doesn't impose its will in any way. Um, it's non-biased walking through the door. You're just looking at an opportunity to, um, connect, communicate, uh, and, and really take the opportunity to just bounce ideas off of one another. I, I guess the uh, some some of the environments I've been in prior to being where I am at Home Depot now, it's it's interesting because in other in past lives, I've seen healthy process take place, but I've seen unhealthy surroundings in that process flow. So it's like right. you've created this hard hard hitting process but a very unhealthy surrounding. So like, it's almost like, I don't want to say the health, the core is the healthy part, but it almost seemed like, you know, like the actual work going forward was healthy, but a lot of the things that surrounded it, uh, seemed a little bit toxic, um, hard right. to find um, value. So good. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, it could, um, sort of examples of being toxic is, you know, I've been a part of companies where the CEO or stakeholders of the project would not let go, didn't understand user research, 
Yeah. Um, didn't understand what even a designer did. Like they thought we just push pixels around or they could, <laughs> you know, I, I, I worked for one CEO that, um, I, I won't name names of the company, but he literally mocked everything up in PowerPoint and then handed it to me and said, oh, Hey, this man. is what I want. Right? <laughs> yeah. I've had that. <laughs> and, and you know, that's, it's crazy that way. And, but you learn to, you know, how to deal with other personalities, how to talk to people, how to persuade and sort of, um, you know, back up with research and say, okay, I I understand your idea. Um, I'm going to go out and test it and then bring your findings back. And it kind of snaps people back to reality and go, wow, okay, maybe I, maybe we do need to do more discovery before we started even getting into design, right? Let's, let's understand our customer before, um, you know, whoever's buying into the products. So, yeah, it's, uh, it goes on to talk about understanding more than the end users, understanding who your customer is. Right. Um, it goes deeper than the end user, the customer, um, it, 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 the customer evolves, the end user usually doesn't, you know, the, the end user doesn't have to, there's, there's, there's no life to the end user. There is just a state of the end user. The yeah. customer is the evolution tool. Mm-hmm. So as the product evolves, the end user follows, but they have to make sure the product is usable so that that actually takes place. Right. Um, when I'm curious if, if you agree with that or not. Yeah. I definitely do. Um, even with like, so in, in Audi select, we have to, um, you know, so we're only in the Dallas market right now. Um, and what we have to do with our operations team, which our operations, what they do is they are managing our customers by figure like getting requests from new and, uh, current customers on swapping their vehicles. So with Audi select, uh, just to give a little background, uh, it's a car subscription model. It's thirteen ninety five a month. Um, it's no commitments, just thirteen ninety five uh, per month, mm-hmm. uh, month to month. You can unsubscribe at any time, and you get two swaps. Right now, we have five different cars. We have an A four. Um, they're all Audi, of course. Uh, A four, A five Cabriolet, Q seven, Q five, and an S five, which is a coupe. And it's a super awesome sporty car. And uh, our customers can subscribe. Um, they get up to two swaps a month. So what they do is within that month, all they have to do is go on the platform request. Hey, I have an A4. I now want an A5 Cabriolet. Uh, you know, I want to swap that out on this date. And so our operations team, who is our end user um, on the admin portal side, we we are building this product so that way they can manage all these requests, manage where these cars are going, yeah. when they need maintenance and everything else. But the real customer of that is the customer who's subscribing to the platform. Yeah. Um, so we're trying to support operations, but if operations can't do their job effectively, that means that uh, deliveries are not getting there on time. Um, perhaps uh, the cars that the customer requested isn't available because our availability platform wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are all problems that we're, you know, we are solving and have, you know, some of them we've already solved. Uh, through the admin portal by just understanding our end customer and what they want, um, which is, you know, unfortunately I, I feel like it's, you know, it's this day and age where customers want it now and, you know, and on their time and stuff, which is totally fine. Um, and I think Amazon really put that into people's minds. Um, you know, this whole two day delivery, same day delivery now <laughs> they're doing, yeah. you know, so we're, we're trying to do that with cars, which is pretty yeah. crazy, but um, it's an awesome problem to solve. No doubt, man. That's, 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 uh, I've always thought that it is so cool to how, you know, you can have this design of a digital product that, you know, is going to live inside an application, but then there's this piece that always translates over when you talk about physical products, something as, as extravagant and beautiful as an Audi, to be fairly honest, right. you know, and you think about something as amazing as that, and then you're taking product that we build in the application format and then translating that into a selling tool or something that can actually engage the user to um, take a different view or and take part in a different way uh, right. in something. And I, I just think it's really, it's really awesome. Again, yeah. the, the, the customer evolves, but exactly. you know, we, we get an opportunity. It's, it's so cool because we get an opportunity to help um, 
usher in that evolution. And right. it's, it's, it's really great. Um, it's, I guess it's really what innovation is at the end of the day. With balancing out how you're solving problems, there's also balancing the disciplines, the teams, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always, I've always liked to glean on people that I feel have really solid foundations and experience dealing with different, uh, dealing in different environments. Um, what's what's a, a healthy balance team look like from the stance of UX? And I'm talking even from the position, not just of UX, but also the different disciplines. What what do you What's your right, take on that? So you're saying like different disciplines within design or is well, this... no different disciplines. Well, we can even take it as far as design. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, the different yeah. disciplines in design. And even as it translates into other disciplines and developer, you know, from as far gotcha. as developers and, you know, product and, yeah. and stakeholders. Yeah. Well, I, well, I think like, you know, with something like Audi Select, right, we, and even at Home Depot, we, we have multiple different stakeholders. Um, you know, there, there's the marketing folks who are trying to sell and push the product. There's the salespeople who actually, uh, after they convert through the tunnel, the marketing team, um, you know, they have their own agenda. Business has their own agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a product manager is trying to manage this entire team of designer and developer and where the product's going over the, at least the next six months or a year. And, so all these people have like different sort of problems that they're trying to solve and different stakes within the, the platform of the product. And um, it's just, you know, our job is to listen and to solve problems. So um, what I like to do is just, you know, uh, and, I, and I learned this from, from our mentor, Dan Gamber at, uh, at Home Depot, mm-hmm. um, which is just really, you know, go in without an agenda Listen to them, talk to them, and actually have a conversation because that builds relationships. And so that's really what you need to do is build relationships with these people, you know, person to person, you know, eliminate out of your head how many years they've been doing this. Eliminate out of your head, you know, um, that they don't know anything about design because they kind of do. I mean, they interact with digital products every day. They have a stake in your product somehow. Um, and they have a problem that they're trying to solve. Um, and so it's, it's definitely, you know, talk with them, understand. And even in the side of a design, I mean, I think what that looks like is realizing that no one's great at everything. And even though I consider myself a full stack designer, you know, there's, there's always new things that I'm learning. There's always new philosophies and stuff. So just being well, and this goes back to our previous comment is just being willing to listen and then also collaborate, bring ideas, try the ideas, test them out. If they don't work, modify them or try a different idea um, to test with. So that's, that's definitely what I'm always trying to do. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's, it's, I think it's always fun too, because you know, when you're solving problems, other avenues open up. Different things right. happen. Different things take place. Right. Um, it, it all of a sudden turns into the thing that you didn't think it would be. Or and, and that's right. not even a bad thing per se. It's like you know you just kind of like you, your your thought process has to adjust. Uh, again, taking words from from Dan Gamber, right. uh, you know you have to know when to pivot. That that, right. that pivoting strategy has to be there. Like you know when there is a time for pivoting, you know you got to know how to pivot quickly and then adjust right. and. And then driving it, you know, drive uh, forward with those impacts and how those are going to look. And Definitely. usually if a project is successful, you have like, you know, four or five, six different adjustments or more, you know, right. that, that right. will happen. Right. And I think, you know, just going in and listening to them, you know, you're like, oh, like I thought we wanted to build a product because of X, which yeah. really, you know, the business is like, well, we're building this product because of you know, this long-term sort of engagement that we want, or we want to partner with them or, you know, whatever, like you, you start to understand and use that language for whenever you're pitching, you know, out of a design sprint or whatever have you from research, you can, you know, put those little highlights in there. Like, you know, this will actually increase business value because of X or, 
you know, for sales, this will increase the amount of sales they can get. And this is our projected results. And, and you're working with them, um, you know, that, that specific individual on whatever sort of, uh, you know, whatever expert that they're, you know, uh, an expert in as far as like yeah. sales, business, you know, marketing, whatever. Um, and it really helps you grow as a designer. So you're not just talking pixels or, um, you know, the UX processes, you're actually speaking on business terms, which I think, uh, makes you more valuable to a company. If you can say, Hey, you know, we'll save this amount of money. And I had, you know, Joe from sales, you know, walk me through this and we feel that this could really save us money or this could, you know, increase revenue or whatever have you. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's fun because, uh, you know, you, you're, when you are creating, it never, I guess from that, that initial point, it never does turn out the way that you think it is. You, you never are building what you think you're building, I guess, in other terms. But Right. But the important part is just putting something out, like getting yes. something built, get something tested. Because if you never do that, you never learn. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I don't want to get on my Gary Vaynerchuk, but yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's definitely, put it out there. Content's king, put it out there, man. You never know. Um uh, it's, it's, it's always a lot of fun to see, I think the, the power that UX has across all the different spaces. And you think about what's happening on the West coast and, you know, and there's Silicon Valley and then, you know, there's more, um, I think the term product designer is more prevalent out there. Yeah. Um, the title, um, the, the various titles that happen in UX, I think anywhere really, but the various titles that we see, um, what do you think? What do you think is what do you think the future of that looks like? Do you think that we're going to come down to more of like this this concrete title, or do you think we're going to come down to the, where more things are going to be created and it's going to be even be a wider? Yeah, I, I I don't know. I th- I feel like the industry is kind of split right now. Um, you know, I just read an Envision article a designer a designer at a, a Silver Car. You know, passed it off on one of our UX Guild channels. And um, it was an article on Envision where hold up UX designers. Now there's a new thing called video experience designers or VX or something like that. Oh, Visual gosh. experience, right? Oh, boy. And it's like, it, it was totally <laughs> clickbaity and stuff like that. Sorry, Envision. I totally love your products and stuff. But um, it, it just didn't make any sense because I feel like, you know, half the industry is trying to put all these titles to everything. And it kind of makes it harder for... I, I just think like someone that's breaking into the industry, which is this, you know, the whole point of this podcast, like, you know, from what you said, and it's, it's like, Oh, well now I've got to put on my resume that I'm a VX, UX, UI, IX, you know, no, dude, you're like, I, whenever people just, you know, when I introduce myself, um, you know, even though my title is lead UX, UI designer at Abby Slack, when I introduce myself either at the company or outside of the company, when I'm doing freelance projects, or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, Hi, my name is Chris Carter and I'm a designer. Um, I, like yeah, I solve problems, you know, that's what I do. Um, so, you know, whether that's a, a logo or a brochure or a PowerPoint slide deck or, you know, an app or augmented reality, a voice experience through Amazon Alexa, you know, even a cleaning out a damn car at Audi, you know, and making it yeah. like super pristine. Like I solve a problem and I deliver really good experiences and, you know, I keep learning from them and I keep understanding and I'll keep researching and, you know, that's, that's what I do. So, I, you know, I'm a designer and I feel like all of the junior designers out there, the people that are trying to break out in the industry, just call yourself a designer. Like people know what that is. When I talk to people who aren't in this industry, you know, like, you know, for instance, my wife, she, you know, when she tells, oh, what does your husband do? You know, she's like, oh, my husband's a designer for Audi, you know? So, um, and it's just as simple as that. And I think it should be, I think we try to overcomplicate it. No, it's, that's man. That is rich. That is so rich. Um, man, that's good. That's like, yeah, that's probably at the end of the day, that is the, some of the richest truth that you're probably ever going to hear because if anybody can give that, uh, reality to you, that's probably the cleanest dose you can get. I, I, I look at how most of the stuff that I've experienced has been kind of based off of big I, little you, determining, you know, my role versus your role. But at some point, you have to be able to get in a room and solve problems together, regardless of title. 
Um, regardless of, you know, what you call yourself, we're all designers at the end of the day. And we have a goal uh, to solve problems. That's purely what it is. And I mean, our mentality, like we can't just be in a box and design, you know, some companies you can do that, but whenever you pass it off to development, you're probably going to have to redo it again. Yeah. Um, And a lot of these companies are converting, you know, uh, Audi or silver car by Audi still doing this is, uh, you know, we're, we're converting from the waterfall type of uh, methodology to agile, right. And and it's agile scrum. And I know like at home Depot, it's agile XP and you know, they're, they're working with, you know, a lot of really cool players in the, the industry home Depot is and stuff. But, um, it's, it's just really difficult to be a designer and say, well, I'm only in charge of this one thing whenever you're on an agile team and you really can't do that because yeah. like it, uh, silver card by Audi or even on the Audi select team, you know, we hire full stack developers just like at our company, we hire full stack designers. Um, so you need to go out and research and solve problems and, you know, do all this stuff just like a developer needs to be able to write back in code, front end code, understand servers, deployments and all that stuff. Um, and, and even as a designer on that agile team, I need to understand how a developer is going to build this, how components work in react. I don't need to know how to write the code, but I need to know how to talk to them. So whenever I design something, I can say, this is a component. So that way they know what I mean. Um, and that, that just takes, again, listening, saying, I don't understand this. Can you tell me? Um, and they, they're more than happy. Like, why do you, what you want to learn code? No, 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 no. I don't want to learn code. Like I know some code and some designers don't know any code. That's totally fine. Um, but I just want to understand what you call this thing. Well, how does yes. this thing work in, in yep. your world? So that way, when I design something and I call it this, you know what I mean? And they'll be yep. more than happy. Most, de- most developers Damn. love it. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm sorry. Keep going, man. You're good. It's good. It's good stuff, <laughs> no, man. No. Um, but it's not only that, you know, like I, I work, you know, I, I, I go out of my realm and I, you know, I, I, I talk to our operations team and our marketing team and our business team. And, um, you know, they're like, Hey, we have all this data, you know, we kind of suck a design or we don't have enough time or, you know, whatever it is, can you help us design a slide deck? And that's not UI UX, but it is right. Because right, I need to be able to take this data and display it to yeah. our general manager or other, you know, higher ups. So yeah. they understand the data, how it's broken down and it's visual for them. So they don't just look at something that's in an Excel sheet. Yeah. Um, you know, it's stuff like that and, and just simple reporting or whatever, whatever I need to do. I'm constantly asking people, like I, I built uh, social media graphics for a marketing team for Instagram because they were like, hey, like I really like your designs and stuff. Can you actually put this on a mobile phone? Hell yeah, I can do that. Let me whip that yeah. up for you, you know? And it's stuff <laughs> yeah. that's not even in my will, you know, that's not what I'm hired really to do, but it is. At Silver Car Variety, you're, you're, you're really encouraged to, work cross-functionally across teams, just like you are at Home Depot. Um, You know, and uh, there's a lot of companies out there. And if you work for a startup that is not like that, I say, you know, talk to a CEO and just, just start having normal conversations with people. Um, Understand what they do day to day. Uh, Like I said, don't have an agenda. Um, You know, I learned that from Dan Gamber again, like don't have an agenda. I've gone in too many meetings where I had an agenda and people thought like, it's kind of like when you go to your mom, you're like, mom, I love you. And she's like, I love you too. What do you want? You want? You know? <laughs> right? And like, you can't do that. Like you've got to go, Hey, how's it going? Like, can I buy yeah. you a coffee? Can we just talk? Like, how's your day? Yeah. Mom? You know, yeah. what are, what are some problems that you're trying to solve right now? How can I help you? I'd love to help you. You know, even if it's just copying data into one spreadsheet to another, what you're doing is building a relationship so further down the line, when you need that expert or you need that expertise to help you win and help you get over the line, you already have that relationship built. And they'll be like, hell yeah, I want to help out Chris. Anything that he needs, I, you know, I want to help him out. So it's definitely important.
definitely come across some experiences in my career that have been um, most unique because where there would be this agile methodology pushed forward, mm-hmm. there would be these side, these, I guess you want to call them these wrenches, they would kind of throw in the mix. So mm-hmm. it's like while you're juggling in an agile space, right. two sprints, you know, <laughs> incremental design, uh, you know, you're, you're talking to devs, speaking the language. Right. Um, uh, you know, like I had to do this when I was building an Angular, um, and this is like an Angular five, which came out in what two thousand November two thousand seventeen. Yeah. And then like they had like oh you have to learn this in basically no time. So I had to sit with the devs <laughs> and go through this back and forth. Um, right. And the devs were like, oh, we don't even know what's going on in it. And, you know, we're kind of like trying to figure out and they just keep throwing the monkey wrenches in. It's it's really important when you don't have an agenda other right. than just to do great work or just to grow or just to evolve. Right. How much you will find yourself leaning in, how balanced the team does become. I think just naturally right. Right. Uh, when that is the initiative. I remember when I first came in, though, uh, putting down my guards, I did have an agenda and I right. wanted to have the agenda put on the on, on the table because I came in frustrated about the fact that it was a very unorganized process coming right. in. Uh, and once I finally let those walls down, once I finally like, you know, took a few breaths, uh, just piggyback on what you said, that's just mm-hmm. really where all the wealth was because I understood like, okay, if I don't come in with one, with an agenda, I'm going to be able to accomplish the goal. Right. Uh, having an agenda, a lot of the times, and, it, and, and, and just for young designers, this does not mean, going unprepared. Mm-hmm. What what Chris and I are talking about is really about coming in with your unbiased position. Right. And taking that that step forward mm-hmm. to know that to only get pro to, to get progress, to gain in you know uh, in this pr- you know productively, you have to be able to put down your thought process. You have to right. sit it down at the door mm-hmm. and don't pick it up when you walk out. Like right. you gotta put it down at the door. Walk in and understand what the other person brings to the table. When that happens, relationship gets built. And before you know it, some of the needs that you have will be answered at the call of what's being brought forth when you don't walk in with that. Right. Um, Right. But yeah, man, that's. you'll, You'll definitely have, you know, people that, you know, maybe you've been at a company or you're just starting at a company, maybe you've heard friends, but whatever, where you know, you're working with someone and you know how to do something like, you know, how a, dis- a screen should be displayed or an experience or service or whatever. Like you've got a pretty good idea. You know, I've learned that it's, it's best like wait until people ask you, right. Or wait until at least there's kind of like a dead silence. Like some people want to be a hero and you got to let them be a hero. Like you have to let, like in order to change people's mind about design and and design sprints and, and just how UX fits within an organization, sometimes, even though you know the answer, you have to let the other person come up with it and go, that's interesting. Let's try it. Mm, And then you show them, right? You can't go in and say, I know the answer to this and I know the answer to that. Let me show you how to do this. Because what you do is you start to turn people off and they, they really start to, not look for you, look at you for answers or turn to you for answers. Um, yeah, you definitely just, you know, and, and some people do, they want to just keep coming back to you. So you kind of, like I said, you just go in, you listen, you understand, you start to work with that person, understand their personality, what drives them, why they act the way they act um, in good or bad. And um, yeah, and you just start to try to problem solve how can I build a relationship with this person? How can I have this person look to me as I look to them as an expert? Um, and you don't try to prove yourself for nothing. You just try to, you know, maybe it's just small wins. Maybe it's, you know, sitting and listening. Maybe it's having a, a weekly coffee with them or something, uh, just mm-hmm. a weekly check-in. Say, yeah, I just want to check in and see what's going on, right? Because what it's doing is it's building empathy. It's building a relationship. It's showing that you actually care. Um, which is, you know, any culture and don't be afraid that you're doing something wrong. You're asking something wrong. 
as long as you're not going in with an agenda and you're just asking them their day and what problems they're having, I mean, you're, you're going to build a relationship so quickly. That is so true. That is so true. I can't tell you at the Home Depot. I think that one of the things that they pride themselves on the most at the end of the day, uh, we are so focused on relationship building, something that they were doing long before, you know, I got there and it actually is a testament to how dynamic, you know, the, the company has grown and uh, in, in the ways that they have, I think it's just interesting uh, how they put such a heavy on relationships, relationships, relationships. Right. Um, and I think that, you know, what you're saying is I, I don't think that there is a, a healthy way without two things. You got to have an unbiased approach to build a relationship and you have to have communication for the, for the relationships to stay healthy. Um, right. One of the, the the challenging things I think I've seen in, in, in just in general, not even saying years past, just in general, I think that I've seen just in the industry as a whole, when I see people complain or, or have struggles in spaces, it's because of a lack of communication nine times out of 10. Right. Um, and you know, I, I've been in situations where, you know, you try communicating, you try building relationships and sometimes it's really hard. Right. Yeah. And, and at that time, maybe it's best to find another company. I mean, I've had to do that and you know, and, that, and that's fine. Like, you know, you can't click with everyone. Right. And I think it's totally fine to do. Um, but you just try to learn as much as you can. And what you take away from that is, Oh, that wasn't a shitty company. It's, you know, okay. I understood how maybe I started off that relationship with that person and then we could never fix it. So maybe, you know, in the next company, I know what to do. Um, right. And you know, you just keep learning from your mistakes. I mean, you got to iterate and then redesign it and you know, test it. Who knew? Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Who knew that thing that we do in design actually is a part of relationship building too. Huh? Right. Right. In general. Yeah. Just the, the entire like double diamond, like any of the UX process, like, you know, I put it to practice in almost everything I do. And it's, it's crazy because I kind of like now doing this for almost 10 years, like I, I do it without even thinking about it now. And so for new designers, I'm thinking, Oh, I've got to, you know, do this process. Like there's multiple different processes out there, but the, when it comes all down to it, it's understanding the problem then solving that problem by testing that problem. So all of those processes break down to those simple three terms. Um, at least that's how I feel about it. No, no doubt. I, I can definitely second, uh, second that, yeah. that opinion. I think that it's hard to, uh, when you are a young designer, I think it's hard to adapt in a lot of those ways. Um, right. And it's where the challenge is. Most of the time you walk in with the hard skills in the back pocket, you're just ready to pull it out. Right. Um, you're working on it day and night. You know, you're, you're in the classroom working on it. You're at, right. uh, you're at home working on it. Right. You know, you're spending time, you know, reading blogs and listening to podcasts and right. wink, wink. And, uh, you know, listening to, uh, you know, anything that you can get your hands on that's rich, reading good books that are, you know, uh, driving your, your ability to, to open your thoughts uh, to right. be a little deeper. But one of the, one of the things I will tell you guys, young designers is that, you know, don't, uh, honestly, any designer, like the young designer, thing, yeah. it's like yeah. any designer, right. UX is not, it's not deep. It's super practical. Right. It's, it's really what it is. It, it, right. The depth gets into some of the tech stacks that we look at design and code mm-hmm. stacks or the other things that we may have to really dive deeper in and learning and staying studious to. But when it comes down to it, it's really practical, right? Foster really solid relationships. Look mm-hmm. to build by being unbiased in your approaches. Research right. is king. It's king. It will right. lead you and guide you before you realize that you took a step. You've taken five. If research right. is the front. 
Um, right. And it's not usertesting.com. It's not usability. Right. It's, you know, it's not yeah. usability or Google Forms. It's like, you know, that's yeah. not research. Research is right. like at Home Depot, they literally go to stores, Come on talk to associates, talk Uh-oh. to customers, yep. talk to the people that are in warehouses. Um, yep. You know, and even here, like we have. It's, you know, at Silvercar, we have 25 locations over the United States and we have like these sort of car, it's almost like enterprise type style. Audi would probably kill me for saying that, but, um, it's, you know, it's, there's a, uh, an office hub and then there's a bunch of different cars and people come out and greet you and stuff like that. Some even go to the airports and pick you up. And, you know, with that, I mean, we go out and test those people. Like we, we go out and ask questions, understand what, you know, real people are saying. And we even try to bring them into the office too. Um, you know, we have happy hours and stuff, um, which is an awesome thing. Uh, if you have, you know, other type of services that aren't at the main headquarters of your company, if if you're into like a service, um, then definitely try to bring, you know, people to your office as a hangout or to a place as a hangout and, you know, mention that to your manager or uh, your CEO or, you know, higher ups, um, say, Hey, like, you know, I, I've heard in this other company and uh, multiple other companies, they, they try to bring these other people in and, you know, have a happy hour and just talk and you know, be friendly. And that's, yeah. that's definitely the way to do it is, you know, definitely doing research face to face, talking with people, you know, talk to them as they're your best friend and, you know, you want to know what's going on in their life and, you know, don't come off so strong, but you know, that's right. part of the relationship. Yeah. You know? hey, what, are you, what are you doing for the rest of your life? Like, oh, you know, I'm leaving now. <laughs> right. So, right. No, right. Right. Uh, no. Yeah. I, I definitely love that. I, one of the things I thought was the coolest thing that you said actually earlier, one of the coolest things you said was centered around the fact that it's all about experiences. So we, how, okay we use the term experience very loosely right. as UX designers, right? But right. We're, we're talking about experiences. If you're sitting with somebody in an interview, even if you're going to them, make sure the experience right. is rich. Make sure right. that it is taken care of. Make sure you are prepared going in the door, making sure that you're looking at that script, making sure you're paying attention. Don't be too much. Don't be too robotic as to not seem human, but don't right. be so loose with the script as to not seem prepared. And right. there is a catch with that because when you do that, it builds relationships. It mm-hmm. takes care of that product you're building. It nurtures right. the integrity of that and it moves it forward. You said if and if it comes to cleaning out cars, making sure they're prepared for that next person you're sitting with. Everything's right. about experiences. Right. It doesn't matter if we're driven by empathy You'll do anything to ensure the experience is right. I don't right. care what it takes. I'm so about that. There are right. no heroes in this business. Right. You're literally, I mean, there are at the end of the day, those people will, you know, they, but we, we don't look to be heroes in the business if we're doing wow. our job. I'll say that. Definitely. We don't look to be heroes if we're doing our job. And, there, and you will come across some designers that have that sort of egotistical mentality and um, the way you know, to understand them is to listen to them and, you know, trying to figure out why they're like that. You know, they probably worked at a company where they got told like kind of like I did in a past company where here's a PowerPoint on a screen that I want you to build, build exactly like that. Right. And they feel like they have something to prove. So um, don't take it as those people are assholes or, you know, jerks or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, trying to be the hero, maybe they just, feel like they have to prove something at this new, you know, new job and, um, you know, take them out for a drink or something, or, you know, if you don't drink, then, you know, coffee or whatever. Um, and just really try to understand them. Why I keep saying coffee and drinks and stuff like that is because it takes them out of the office. It puts them in a public type of environment where they can kind of relax and really just talk to you. Um, even if it's, you know, we go, uh, for lunches, you know, here in Austin, um, I try to take quite a few of my colleagues and you know, friends, really, and I'll just, you know, hey, let's go grab a lunch. But as soon as they get out of that office, you could definitely see, like, all, you know, tension and just things that they were worrying about mm-hmm. is at least, you know, off their chest for that, for that short period of time. And you yeah. can at least get down to the deep roots of what's been going on in their week. 
So that way you can come back and say, Hey, like, you know, um, you know, I know you're having this problem. Is there any way that I can help you? And don't bring the solution to them. Maybe they could say like, well, I just, you know, like I've got this presentation coming up and I don't know how to prepare for it. Okay. Well, do you, you know, maybe I can kind of walk you through on, um, you know, some things that I've done right in past right. presentations or something. And, uh, they'll be like, Oh, can you design this one? I'm sure. You know, and, and really, you know, you need to judge your workload and everything else. But again, just trying to go out of your way, talk to people that are in your department, um, and, and build those relationships and, and get them out of the office to talk to them is really important. You know, I, you know, there were times at Home Depot where like I did have an agenda and I didn't know how to have a conversation with a couple of people, um, you know, without trying to actually get to the point, um, you know, and it's, it, and I still struggle with it. And it's just trying to, you know, what I try to do is not you know, when someone's talking, I try not to automatically think of the next thing I want to say. Definitely listen to what they're saying, digest it, understand it, um, understand why they're saying that thing, and then try to follow it up and maybe ask more questions or, you know, give a, give a statement. Um, but it's, it's definitely, you know, a challenge. And sometimes, like I said, you got to just leave the company and try to find a different opportunity. And that's definitely okay. And the whole thing about the HCI and stuff, I just want to touch on this, is that I, I don't have, I have an associate's degree from Pittsburgh Technical Institute, which is a two-year uh, uh, college. And, um, you know, I, I have an associate's degree in web design and interactive development, which was code and, you know, design sort of. But, you know, they didn't really teach UX principles or UI or whatever. What I did was I, I watched a bunch of YouTube videos, honestly. I, I understood what people were, were doing. I read a bunch of Medium articles uh, during my time at college. I just went out and talked to people. I talked to startups. I tried to, you know, just, you know, talk to other designers or, or you know, co-founders or what have you and just, you know, talk to them and say, hey, like, I'm trying to break into the design industry. Um, you know, I'd like to help you in any problem that you're, you know, you have, like, what are your problems? Right. And sometimes you can't just go right out to someone and say, Hey, what problems are you having? You have to kind of get that out from the conversation. So what kind of things are you working on now? Oh, interesting. Tell me about that more, you know, and some co-founders, especially if they're like a, a brand new co-founder, I've had to sign NDAs, which is totally fine. Um, it just means that you can't tell anyone about that product, at least until it releases, um, or two years afterwards, you know, just go and talk to people. And that's how you break out into the industry and learn as much as you can try things, fail fast, but get yes. up and try something else. Um, yep. but yeah, I don't have a degree in HCI or, you know, UX or anything like that. I've just, I've been in the industry. I kept going, you know, I went from a company to a company because I've learned what I needed to learn there. And I felt like, I had a better opportunity to move on. So, yeah, uh, yeah, that's one of the things I think is so um, true about me. Also, is that you know most of most of my knowledge of UX, I'll say, um, is almost at its core between article reading, um, YouTube videos, um, just sitting in the space just to learn going out again, calling companies, talking to people, seeing what's going on in those, in those arenas. I was a very heavy LinkedIn. Like I was, a, I went from a LinkedIn stalker to somebody that people actually talk to now on LinkedIn to get advice. And it was an interesting kickoff for me because I felt like a stalker and I'm like, I'm not used to the stalking life, but I'm going to find out what you're doing. <laughs> like, right. You know, I need to know, what's going on in this industry. And, you know, it's, right. it's, it's funny because you, and I'm, honestly, I'm still this way, man. I, I haven't stopped, you know, I, I haven't stopped. I think oh, because no. I'm so passionate about it and I'm so driven. Right. Um, 
not to be the best. It's changing, dude. Like, you know, the the hot thing right now is design sprints. That came out in 2016 when uh, Ford wrote an article about Google Ventures, right? And, you know, Home Depot sort of practices some of those after their, you know, their methodologies or whatever. And, um, you know, a lot of companies are jumping on board with that, which is, I mean, I read the article, I got fascinated, I kept digging and digging and digging. Um, and then I started watching YouTube videos of Jake Knapp and, um, the other co-founders sort of talking about how they run design sprints, trying to understand. Then the book came out and, you know, read the book multiple times. And, oh. and now, you know, if you go to a, a YouTube video, which, uh, a company that I love, they're called AJ and smart. They've got yeah. awesome, yep. fantastic That's what videos. They live by. Yeah. Um, you know, and yeah, they, they partnered with Jake Knapp. They did the design sprint. Now there's a design sprint 2.0, which is instead five days, it's four days. You know, there's always these new things are coming out. You know, they, they also invented this other technique or at least talk about it. It's called lightning decision jam, how to get to yes. a, a, you know, a, an actual result without anyone talking because yeah. a lot of meetings, there's just a bunch of debate and debacle and shit like that. And, it just needs like we just need to put up all of our problems that we think they are, vote on them. Then we need to take that problem, then put up all of the solutions that we think that that could solve that problem. Yep. Vote on that top solution, and then let's let's try to use it and test it and see if that actually works. And that's you know in a box what a lightning decision jam is. And so I you know and um, they even came out with a master class. So you know I always think to definitely invest in yourself and. Um, you know, you don't have to go back to college. There's a ton of different online, you know, tutorials or whatever, you know, even if you're just starting out, you don't even have that much cash. Just go to YouTube, read articles on medium, you know, read, read envision blog, just keep reading, keep understanding. And, uh, you know, I, I have a life. I don't just keep doing it, but, uh, (laughs) but I definitely try to, you know, read at least an article or two a day. Um, and I try to, you know, I'm subscribed to, um, a bunch of different people like Gary Vaynerchuk and stuff, um, on YouTube. So, yeah. uh, you know, try to at least watch one or two before I go to bed or something. Just keep it fresh. Keep it, keep it going. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. That's, it's, yeah, it's fun, man. I, I shout out to Kyle O'Brock. He was the one that turned me on to AJ and smart. I actually, you know, learned a lot, um, about the approach that they're taking also, um, you know, and how they've kind of cornerstone everything to, uh, design sprint, something that's been very heavily, um, practiced at, at home Depot, obviously. Right. Um, and, 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 and a lot of other places also. So man, I could do this all day. So I'm, I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and call it, man. Um, yeah it's uh it's been real Um, i asked this question i will ask you are the first of the podcast um i will ask this question with you being the first guest on this podcast i will also ask it from here on out right the first push of wisdom coming forward what would be the and what would be the key piece of advice that you would give a designer coming out of college or or even a designer i'll say and a designer dealing in a rough spot um, dealing with a rough spot, I would say try to understand why you're in that spot, um, why you think it's a rough spot. Um, try to come up with ways how you can get out of it um, and try to change your rough spot, if you will. Um, I've been in rough spots, you know, where I just couldn't, like I said, communicate with companies or, uh, or not communicate with companies, but communicate with people in a company. Um, and it just, you know, you try to work it out and just don't have fear of talking with those people. Um, and if it comes down to it where you think the best thing is to look for a different job and uh, you get that job, don't feel afraid to leave. You know, everyone leaves companies. It happens. So I would just, you know, try to figure it out. If you can't, don't be fearful to leave. Most definitely, man. Love it, love it, love it. Appreciate you, man, as always, Chris. It's been real. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just want to say you can follow me at uh, Chris Carter UX on Twitter or Instagram, where you can see my uh, two potbelly pigs that I have, my life here from uh, Austin, and all the cool things I'm doing. I just attended an Apple uh, product design uh, meetup um, that was here a couple weeks ago. So 
Um, and definitely follow me on LinkedIn because I'm trying to post more stuff on that. It's been definitely. a pleasure. Definitely uh, keep listening to this podcast. I know it's going to be great. And uh, I can't wait to download it on uh, iTunes or uh, the Apple Podcast Store or even Google Play because I kind of switch between the two. Kind of have to at Audi. So. We'll be everywhere. So, yeah, most definitely, awesome. man. I, I much, much appreciate it, man. The Jerusalem Baker is not the same without you, man. Ah, I appreciate it. Uh, Missed that place. Missed that place so much. (laughs) All right, Chris. Well, man, again, appreciate it, man. Take care of yourself. Best to you over there at Silver Car Audi, man. Thanks. Best to you too, man. Take care. All right, thanks. Take care. Bye. All right, all right, all right. Man, great words, great words. I, I, I really have to thank Chris for being a part of this episode. And it's our first, and we're just so excited to have him. I think it's really important that you guys take heed to what he said today. This was about culture, communication, relationships. That's what the core of this was about. Yes, we talked about, you know, various things as far as methodologies and disciplines went within the hard skill set very briefly. But this was at the heart was about relationships. And I think that if you really want to be a great UX designer, I think the soft skills are the strongest pieces that you have to be able to utilize, like build the soft skills just as much as you may be sitting in front of YouTube for hours, which I encourage you to, you know, if you're, if you're at school, yes, sit in your courses, sit in your classes, but be hungry enough to go home and you know, after you've taken care of your studies, be hungry enough to go home and learn about this on YouTube. Or if you're not going to school, be hungry enough to learn about this on YouTube uh, or, or follow medium blogs and, and read those blogs and pay attention to the details in, inside of it so that you can apply those things, those disciplines, those um, you know, those, those nuggets of knowledge uh, into your day to day. But guys, please pay attention to what you heard today. My main man, Chris, and what he's doing over there at Audi is absolutely amazing. He's a great, great designer, somebody I really, really admire. And I think that he has a lot of value ultimately at the end of the day. We're going to have him back. That's, that's a no brainer. Um, but guys, Go to AudiSelect.com. That's AudiSelect.com. Check it out. If you are in the market for uh, for car subscription services, go to AudiSelect.com. Check out what my man and his team are doing over there in Audi. It's great stuff. Also, follow Chris on Twitter and on Instagram at the same handle, Chris Carter UX. That's Chris Carter UX. Check him out. Please do. You won't be disappointed. Also follow him on LinkedIn and subscribe to this podcast, guys. This is really designed for value for you. Remember, the views on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Home Depot and everything that revolves around Home Depot. Subscribe. Be out here, man. Peace.